get down with the... Mm-hmm.
a little Lucinda Williams to start off the Easter Sunday. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all for joining me today. It looks like we got a few new faces here. Great tune. You had to get right with God. Uh, I think that's what we're going to be trying to do today anyway. So welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries and preacher of the heart, Marty Leeds. I want to thank you all for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Of course, we're doing Easter service today, and this will be a little bit different service than you're going to get from any other church anywhere ever. So uh, it should be should be fun. We're going to learn a lot today. At least I hope so. That's what we like to do here. Um Great, let's get into it. Uh, for those of you, I, I see God is Good was just asking, hey, I'm new to this church. Welcome, by the way. Um, when, do, when, do you guys, when do you guys roll? Well, every Sunday at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, I am live in the, in the Honda, sermons from the Honda, as we call it, and uh, that's where you can catch us. So um, this podcast is available at Gnostic, uh, GnosticAcademy.org. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes, whatever it's called. I don't know, all the other places, FM Player, Amazon.com, Podbean. And so if you want to just listen on your ride to work or something like that, you can do that. So uh, I just want to say congratulations to me before we get going. Uh, I just got this message yesterday, and as of yesterday, I've been a an ordained minister for five years now. So And yes, I did get my... I did get my um, ordination from the back of a Rolling Stone ad. That's an inside joke, but uh, no, it's I just got it online or whatever. But I do take my ordination very seriously. And so even though it does come from the Universal Life Church, which I'm not that much of a fan of, but it doesn't really matter. So so yes, I am an actually an, an actual ordained minister, and I have been for five years, so I take what I do very seriously. So, all right, let's get into it. We're going to do Easter Mass today. Uh, this is uh, number 16. Sunday service Easter Mass, and I called this Leave the Lies to Die and Let Truth Rise, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and we'll get into that in just a second. So um, before we get into all of that, let's do a prayer. Bill sent me this prayer, and um, Bill does a show. It's a podcast called 13 Questions, and you should go check it out. It's a good podcast where they ask basically the same questions to a bunch of different guests, and it's a, it's a really good platform. So he sent me this prayer, and if you guys want to send any prayers for me to, to say, I'd be happy to to say those. Sorry, it's pretty cold still. It's mid-April, and it's it's snowed the other day. Yeah, six months of winter here in, in uh, Wisconsin. So he sent me a, a prayer, and if you guys want any prayers or anything like that, just send them my way, and we'll do it, okay? So let's do it. Oh, Holy Saint Uriel. Intercede for us that our hearts may burn with the fire of the sacred heart of Jesus. Assist us in cooperating with the graces of our confirmation that the gifts of the Holy Spirit may bear lots of fruit in our souls. Obtain for us the grace to use the sword of truth to pare away all that is not in conformity to the most adorable will of God in our lives that we may fully participate in the army of the church militant. Amen. And that's really what we're going to talk about today, is we're going to use the sword of truth to pare away all that is not in conformity with the Almighty. That's what we're going to talk about today. Everything in our world, all these things that we've adopted in our world, as uh, that we go along with and we uh, consent to and that sort of stuff, as we're going to see is essentially all from the devil. <laughs> so we're going, to, we're going to point out the things, the lies that need to die, and we're going to let truth rise. And so... Um, that's what we're going to focus on today. And we know that truth comes from one place and one place only, and that's God Almighty. And this is what John 14, 6 is uh, specifically referring to. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't get upstairs unless you completely align 
with God's truth and understand it and know it, okay? And in doing that, you're going to make some enemies down here, as, as we're going to find today when we um, discuss Jesus. Now, what we're going to do is discuss Luke. Uh, it's uh, You guys can all pull out your little Bibles. Hopefully, you got uh, a Gnostic Church and Academy Bible. You can get that at GnosticAcademy.org. You can pull out your Bibles and you can turn to Luke chapter 23 is what we're going to be reading from today. We're just going to read just a, a bit of it. And we're going to discuss what happened to Christ right before the resurrection, right before he was, you know, the 14 stations of the cross and put on the cross and died and you know, resurrected. Before all of that, we're going to discuss what happened to Jesus on his way there. Okay, I thought this would be a good thing to discuss today. So before we do this, everybody can hear me, right? I just want to make sure I'm not blathering on. And I was like, hey, why hey, you're a moderator. I, I want everybody in here eventually to be moderators. That's that's what I hope. This is a church. This is all a, commu- a congregation, a fellowship, and I hope that everybody that comes in here can behave themselves and you know act upright and things like that, and that we can all be a, a family here. So um, you know, so I hope I could give a wrench to every single person that shows up. So um, anyway. Before so we're gonna before we get into uh, Luke chapter twenty um, Luke chapter twenty three um, I, I want to discuss wh- why are we celebrating Easter on these random dates okay um, everybody know everybody knows uh, Easter is often related to Passover um, I'll do a whole live stream on this as well but um, at some other point we've got other things to cover today so we know that Easter also called Pascha Paschal the Paschal Lamb Resurrection Sunday is the Christian festival and a cultural holiday commemorating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead of course that's what we all know right now um, Paschal is actually re- relating to Easter and relating to Jewish Passover so a lot of people think that these are actually two different things that are being celebrated here when really it's all based on star study and hence why Easter and Passover are celebrated around the same time um, it doesn't make any sense that the dates of Jesus' death and resurrection or his resurrection would move. Shouldn't it just be on the day that it happened? But it's all based on what? The patterns of the, the sun and the moon. Uh, once again, this is an entire live stream. I just want to mention this because it's it's very significant. It tells you and shows you that so many of the stories of the Bible are completely attached to star study. And there's no separating it, right? And there's no conflict here either, of course, because uh, God made everything. So it's his design. Right, And so all we're doing is following, understanding, tracking, and mapping time and trying to align with it. God's time. So in the Christian tradition, Jesus celebrated a Passover meal with his followers. As most people know, Passover commemorates the liberation of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. What Jesus is, what the resurrection of Jesus is celebrating is the liberation of, of Christ from the material vessel, from the, from the material plane. He's once again reuniting with God in his death and resurrection. So the East Easter, we celebrate Easter. It's the first Sunday after the full moon. So the full moon was yesterday. And this is, of course, the first Sunday. It's the first Sunday that occurs on or after the spring equinox. So once the spring equinox occurs, then we find out the first full moon. And then the Sunday after is when we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ. The resurrection. He is risen, of course, right? Well, <laughs> why, why don't we just know the single date in which he died and was reborn we don't know his birthday and we but we celebrated at christmas and we don't know when he actually died so we just you know basically make something up according to a calendar but it's not made up at all easter is is celebrated because of basically well it says here easter and its related holidays are movable feasts not falling on a fixed date 
Its date is, is uh, computed based on a lunar solar calendar. Okay? So really what we have here is the sun is passing over the equinoctial marker, the spring equinox, right? And this is on March, March 21st usually, right? So the sun is passing over, and this is when the sun becomes new again. In fact, a lot of cultures still celebrate the beginning of their new year at, in, at the equinox. Like, that's the beginning of the year, and that makes sense because this is when the sun rises, passes over that equinoctial marker, and now it's light all the time. The light continues to grow. This is the lighter half of the year. So the sun is passing over. On the cross, by the way, the cross of the solstices and equinox is passing over the darkness. Okay, so as the sun passes over, then we find when the next full moon is, then the Sunday after that, we celebrate the, the resurrection of Christ. So what is what's happening here astrologically? Well, we have this full sun, if you will, because the sun is now, you know, basically starting the year. Everything is springing up, sprouting up. It's the it's the March, right? It's spring. This is when things start to come alive and grow. And it's, you know, it's light. And then we find when the moon has the most light too. And then whenever that is, then we celebrate. So this is really, what this is, is a, the, the celebration of Easter, astronomically anyway, is a, re, is, a, is a recognition of the sun and the moon, right? Is the merging of those two opposites, right? Ah, uh, the sun, this is, it's, it's being reborn in the spring. It's rising up. Now it's going to be light in the rest of, you know, the rest of the year to the other equinox. And, this, and the moon, boom, full moon, Right after the equinox, that's when we celebrate. So that's when we celebrate you know, the resurrection of Christ. So all of this has to do with, I mean, it, they even tell you that, hey, all of this stuff is based on a lunar solar calendar, right? If this was supposed to be based on a historical event, why wouldn't we just figure out the exact day that he died and was reborn? And that's the date. It happened on April 4th. No, it's all based on what? God's time. Okay. I just want to mention that. So let's get into it. So today, what we're going to do is, uh, once again, Luke 23, we're going to read just a bit from, like 20, 20 verses or so, 25 verses or so. And what we're going to do is we're going to relate Jesus' situation on his way to the cross. But We're going to talk about right what happened right before he was thrown on the cross, nailed on the cross, died and reborn. We already know that story. What happened right before that? We're going to pick that apart. And what we're going to do is show parallels to what was happening with Jesus is exactly what's happening to humankind today. The the government corruption and the corruption of the world and the sin that was, you know, obviously prevalent and running amok in this world that Jesus was going out and he was trying to repair and fix and, and lead people, you know, on the right path. The same things that were going on then are going on now. There's there's no difference. So what we're gonna do is look at what happened to Christ. And we're going to relate it to our current situation. And also, at the end, we're going to find out what we can learn from all this. Right? Okay. So, that's what we're going to do today. So, let's read. So, this is, once again, Luke chapter 23. We're going to read for about the first 25 verses. Okay? And we're going to pick these apart. 23.1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. So, they're basically, there's a multitude of people. And they're like, ah, we're going to bring this guy, Jesus, to Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is going to judge him and accuse him and, and you know, convict him and things like that. And they began to accuse him. So, they falsely, of course, because Christ is the most pure being of all. No sin. No sin at all. Christ did not commit any sin. A sinless character down here. So, we already know. He's not guilty of anything. 
In fact, we know he's not guilty of anything because God even rewarded him. He's like, oh, I, so you're, I'm going to lift you up now. You're going to be resurrected and now you're going to be with me. I and my father are one. And they began to accuse him saying, we found this guy here, Jesus. He was perverting the nation. Look at, these, look at the language. He was perverting the nation. He was a quote-unquote terrorist is what he was doing. He was trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Christ was doing. His fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar. Oh, this guy, Jesus, was forbidding to give tribute to Caesar. He was not worshiping another man. That's what they were accusing him. Saying that he himself is Christ as king. Of course, he actually doesn't. Well, well, we'll get into that. So this is the accusations that they're making against Christ. And Pilate, so uh, Luke 23, 3 says, And Pilate asking him, saying, Hey, art, art thou the king of the Jews? And this is what Jesus answered. And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. In other words, this is a very flippant dismissal. It's kind of a, it's kind of Jesus being like, eh, go F yourself. Right? Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered in him and said, Thou sayest it. Thou sayest it. If you say so, bro. And then and then uh, then said Pilate to the chief priest. So then Pilate turns to the chief priest, every all these chief, all these chief priests, all these special chosen boys. And he goes, hey, I found no fault in this man. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's not guilty of anything. As we know, he's not. Five, uh, 23, five. And they were the more fierce. So then these priests, they heard Pilate being like, this guy's innocent. And they're like, no, no. They were doing, they were doing the, oh, sorry. They were doing the, this, sorry. They were doing, no, he's got, he's definitely guilty. He's, we got to find something in him. He's definitely guilty. That's what they were doing. So, and they were the more fierce saying, he stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all of Jewry beginning from Galilee to this place. So they were like, no, this guy's teaching that everybody has God within him. Wait. wait. <laughs> when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. So Pilate, then he was like, wait, is this guy a Galilean? Oh, wait, is this guy? Oh, he's a citizen of Galilee. Oh, interesting. Okay. Then it says 23.7, as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction... So Pilate heard, oh, this guy's a Galilean. Oh, you're part of Herod. You're part of King Herod's jurisdiction. So he took Jesus and he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at the time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding, he was exceedingly or exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. Now, why was he desirous to see him a long season? We'll get into King Herod in just a second here. Because he had heard many things of him. And he had hoped to have seen some miracles done by him, right? So he was like, ooh, I heard about this guy, right? So Pilate says, oh, you're a Galilean. You belong in King Herod's jurisdiction. So we talked about this just a few live streams ago. And if, you, if you're not, uh, if you are new here, just go back. We, we talked about Ephesians chapter three, Paul being a prisoner of God. And we talked about the fallacy how this is all fallacious. It's all made up. It's all a fiction jurisdiction, all of it. It's literally just people coming around, coming along, writing stuff down, making imaginary borders and things and saying, oh, now you're the subject of me. I am of the objective ruler of things. And now you're in the subject. You're, in, you're my subject. You're in my jurisdiction, right? And we've talked about this, that 
natural law actually basically erases all of these jurisdictions because they're all legal fictions. So you have these, it's concentric circles is how we, how we explained it. In the center is you, right? Here's, well, here, I'll, let me show you this. This is the truth of the matter. That's the truth. Here's the truth of, of, of the, the foundational one and done. This is it. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is the truth. There's the Lord which resides within you and God. And God is owns everything. He made everything. He is the author of everything. He is the judge of everything. He commands everything. There's nothing but his rulership. End of story, period. Now what happens is these pilots and these uh, the, you know, this, the Pontius Pilots and these King Herods come along and be like, oh no, actually I own everything. I own all of this stuff. I'm going to make an imaginary line and I'm going to write some stuff down on parchment and therefore it's true. And doing so, do you know what this does? Negates God's law. Negates God's jurisdiction. We're going to talk about this today. So, so all of this stuff, all of these jurisdictionary, jurisdictional, is that a word? All of these jurisdictions are legal fictions, period. End of story. They're fictions. They, they're not real. End of story. Um, legal is deriving authority from or founded on law, right? Um, but it's also uh, having a formal status derived from law, often without a basis in actual fact. More often than not, when you deal with anything quote-unquote legal, it's without basis in actual fact. It's made up. So this is exactly why we did the, um, the, the conversation about natural law, God's law, and jurisdictions. Because it's nonsense. Now, Christ knew this. Christ knows this. So, and this is what's happening here. Galilee, or excuse me, Pontius Pilate's like, oh, I, I can put him, I can put Jesus, the son, the son of God, in the jurisdiction of this crazy king. And now he rules him. Not God Almighty. King Herod rules Christ now. So, who is King Herod? We've learned about King Herod, haven't we not? King Herod was a walking, talking pile of human excrescence, is what uh, King Herod was. He was a monster. A monster. Okay? King Herod the Great. <laughs> He's great at being a prick. So, what, did, what are a few, just a smattering of some of the wonderful things that this King Herod did. Let's see, he beheaded St. John. Actually, he didn't behead St. John. He was too much of a wuss, so he hired somebody else to behead St. John because he couldn't do it himself. He was like trying to pass on the karmic. He's like, you behead him, and then I won't be guilty of it. Somehow I'll, I'll trick God into thinking that I didn't, you know, just literally a psychopath, deranged, okay? So, and he beheaded St. John because his daughter wanted the head of a saint on a platter. And so he's like, I'll get that for you. I'll behead St. John, and then he couldn't even do it because he's such a coward and a wuss. So we also know that King Herod, um, when he heard that Jesus was born, he's like, bring him to me. And then when they didn't, they're like, hmm, go kill all the children of the age two and under. So King Herod is a, um, a child murderer, a genocidal child murderer. That's who King Herod was. Um, King Herod also married his brother's wife. What a stand-up guy. Right, um, and he also was really pleased when his daughter came out and danced for him. He's a sicko, an absolute, once again, just down to the wire, a complete psychopath. Every bit of this guy. Now we have lots of King Herods today. We have all sorts of King Herods. We've got the Schwabs and we've got the Greenblatts and the Greenbergs and the what is that guy's name? The 
the guy from the Facebook there. We've got the Gates, and we've got a, a Justin Castro there, and a, a Macaroni, and we've got the, uh, uh, what's his name? The Dick. The Dementia-in-Chief of Biden, and we got Arden there, and what's his name? Yuval something Harari guy that thinks that human beings, we don't need them anymore. Humans, even though they're God's creation and made in the image, eh, they don't really need them anymore. And then that guy from Australia. Lots of King Herods today. All sorts of King Herods. Okay? So, so, so as soon as Pilate found out that it's like, oh, he's in this imaginary, he's a Galilean, we'll put him in King Herod's jurisdiction. And then King Herod saw Jesus like, oh, this is the guy that was performing miracles and stuff like that. Let's see what you got, bro. So then King Herod asks Jesus. He's like, he questioned him with many words. You know, just accusations, accusing him, questioning him, deriding him, all of these things. But Jesus, he answered him nothing. That's what Jesus's retort was. I'm saying, he didn't even say I'm saying nothing to you. He literally said nothing. What was Jesus doing? <laughs> he was, he was, uh, <laughs> he, this is, in one sense, he was, he was um, upholding his Miranda rights is what he was doing, right? So the wording used when a person has read the Miranda, was, so of course, when you're accused, you're charged with a crime, that sort of thing, then you read your, you know, in contemporary society, we read the Miranda rights, right? And it says you have the right to remain silent, and so that's exactly what Jesus did. Why did Jesus remain silent? Because he knows that anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Not anything you say will help us to find out what the truth of the matter is. And therefore, we can get down to find out who the victim of this, you know, uh, who was actually the person that committed the crime that made the victim. This will, what you say will help us in court to actually find out the truth of the matter. Nope. That's not what the Miranda rights are about at all. You have the right to remain silent because anything you say can and will be used against you. So Jesus knew that there was no actual judge but God himself. Any judge out there that's judging another human being in this, in this capacity, especially a sinless man like Christ, is uh, a deranged maniac. Jesus already knew who King Herod was. He didn't say anything. He, he had the right to remain silent, and he did, because he's like, you don't deserve one half a syllable out of my mouth. Not one. I already know that you're sick and psychopathic and tyrannical and a despot. I know you're kind. And I'm not saying jack all to you. He answered him, nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him, there's like, okay, he already went to Pilate. Pilate's like, dude, this guy didn't do anything wrong. King Herod wanted to see him and he sat there and accused him. And Jesus is like, not saying anything, bro. You don't, once again, you don't deserve anything from me. You're going to get what you deserve on the other side. And the chief priests and scribes. So now we've got these chief priests and the scribes. The scribes, by the way, were the Pharisees. These were the Jews. These were the Jews that were scribing the Torah that hated Christ. Because what was Christ doing? He was defying the Jews. Remember, Christ was my, Christ was the one that came in and was like, "Hey, you're not supposed to. You're not. This is the Sabbath. You're not supposed to teach and and heal people." And it's like, "I'm going to do it anyway." That guy's got a withered hand. I'm going to go right into the synagogue on the day I'm not supposed to on a Sabbath day when you're all supposed to be resting, and I am going to go heal that man. And all these scribes and Jews are going to be like, freaking out. Too bad. That's what he was saying. He didn't give a shit. Pardon my language. So. 
the Jeep. So all these, the mass, the crowd of people were like, no, he's bad and evil and stuff. That's what they were doing. Okay. Jesus knew. So by the way, Miranda writes, let's, let's read this a second. So you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law court. They're, they're, they're courting. They're, it's, it's like a volleying your freedoms back and forth in this complete fiction. You have the right to an attorney. Do you think Jesus wanted an attorney? No, he just shut up. He's like, no, I don't need anybody else. I know I am under God's jurisdiction. I'm under God's law. It's under his commandments and I will be judged by following those laws or not. So God, I mean, uh, Jesus here, he, he knew he was like, um, yeah, I don't really want a lawyer because he said, he said this earlier in the, in the book, he said, uh, woe unto you lawyers for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. He knew what lawyers were up to. You know why he didn't say anything? Because look, laying this is what he knew they were going to do when he saw these scribes and the Pharisees said, oh, they were just laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him so that they could take something that he would said and twist it and manipulate it and said, this is, this is why we need to kill him and accuse him and crucify him. He knew the dirty tricks that all these people were up to. It's almost like this whole thing is going on today. It's almost like the exact same thing is happening today. Jesus was following the golden rule the entire time. Do unto others as you'd have done to you. This is something, once again, I'm just going to mention this. We've discussed it before, but... Um, he was following the golden rule the entire time. He was doing unto others as he'd have done to you. He was constantly in alignment with God's fundamental law. So he knew, drag me up to a court. I haven't done anything wrong. Sure, you psychopaths might be like, yeah, we need to accuse him of stuff and he's guilty and crucify him and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I know in my heart, I know in my mind, I know in the actions that I've made down here that I am sinless and I am not guilty. And God knows the truth. So, oh, you're, you did the bad thing. You're guilty. If thou sayest. So he was following the golden rule. Do unto others as you've done to you. There's a billion different ways you can phrase this and is phrased in a bunch of different ways. The golden rule is found once again all over the world. Judaism, Islam, Baha'i faith, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, Sikhism, Christianity, Unitarianism, Native spirituality, Jainism, Zoroastrianism. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would do that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. One law. Do unto others as you have done to you. That's it. Treat people kindly because you'd want to be treated kindly. Don't go overfish the rivers because you want to eat that fish later. Your children are going to want to eat that fish. Don't, don't act like you own land and you have acres and acres of land that's all mine because all you're doing is taking it from somebody else. Do unto others as you've done to you. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. Mark 4.24 For with what measure, excuse me, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Matthew 7, 2. For with the same measure ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Luke 6, 38. Let's keep going. Um, let's just do this one here. Judge not, lest ye be not judged, of course. That ye be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with measure ye meet. Okay, so we know the golden rule is all over the Bible, right? And as you would, that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Matthew 7, 12. Um, you know, you got it. You got it. So he was following the, the law the entire time. 
There was no question at all in, in, in the heart and mind of a lot. Also, the people that saw Christ and followed him were like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Not only those people, but in his heart and in his mind, he knew. So he's like, all right, I already know you're a psychopath and a, t- a tyrant. So go ahead and you just do what it would just accuse. Go ahead. So this is what Herod did. So King Herod, once again, this genocidal child murderer who liked to watch his daughter dance and married his brother's, sis, uh, brother's uh, wife and uh, all sorts of good stuff from this guy, right? So Herod, with his men of war. So in other words, he had, he, he's, he is, you know, he's the king or whatever, but not only is he a king, he's got a whole army behind him. Jesus knew this. Do you think Jesus was scared even once? Nah. And Herod, with his men of war, sent him at naught, which means sent him at naught, nothing, essentially, right? And mocked him. So even though Pilate's like, this guy's done nothing, we haven't found him guilty of anything, what did King Herod do anyway? A mocked him, arrayed him with a gorgeous robe, adorned him with stuff, and, and basically, you know, once again, mocked him, accused him, derided him, chided him, that sort of thing, and sent him again to Pilate. So Pilate's like, I'm not, he's not guilty. Then he goes to King Herod, he says nothing, I can't accuse him of anything. And then the same day, after all this is happening, Pilate and Herod were made friends. So these two psychopaths, they got together and they're like, ooh, you know, even though before they were at enmity between themselves, they were warring with one another because they were warring for power because they're despots. They're, they're insane psychopaths, right? And so they were warring with one another. But then they're like, ooh, if we combine our darkness, maybe that amount of darkness will somehow cast out the light of Christ. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, you psychopaths. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. We already know what happens, right? So Pilate and Herod, they were enemies, but now like, oh, we can get together and we can uh, exponentiate our degeneracy. So this is what I'm saying. We have lots of King Herods today. Lots of Pilates and King Herods that are getting together to be like, oh, if we work together, then we can crush out humanity and morality and the, the natural law and the golden rule and Christ. We'll see how that actually plays out for them. So, and Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, we're still good here, right? Okay. Um, and Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, so the rulers, chief priests, the scribes, all of these people got them all together and said unto them, ye have brought this man unto me, as one that perverteth the people, right? That's what they're accusing him, perverting the nation, perverting the people. And behold, I have, I have, this is, this is Pilate saying this. Look guys, I've examined him before you have found no fault in this man's, uh, in this man's touching those things whereof ye accuse him, right? So it's not guilty. Nor, no, and it goes on to say, 2315, no, nor yet Herod. For I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. They're repeating, they're like, this guy's innocent. Hasn't done anything wrong. He's gone to this court now, and he's going to the court over here, right? So what happens here? Let's So, so then Pilate's like, um, I will therefore, ch-, even though he's not guilty, they've accused him of a bunch of stuff, they put him on trial, the whole bit, I will therefore chastise him. He's not guilty, but guess what Pilate's still going to do? Chastise him. You know, basically criticize him, deride him. An innocent man. And release him. And then it says, uh, 2317, For of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast, 
Now, what is this? This is known as the Passover pardon. And it's basically, this just goes to show you how, just like we have today with, um, with uh, international Jewry, we have a respect for people who don't follow the golden rule at all and think that they're chosen over other people and hate Christ. And the governments actually show respect for this kind of thinking. So that's what's happening. It's just like when Joe Biden was in, in, is inaugurated, he had a rabbi that he thought like he was had some issues with diddling with children. It was kind of like this. And he was like, oh, our Moses. So a rabbi at, because isn't Biden allegedly a Catholic? <laughs> so when he was inaugurated, they had a rabbi show up and bless him. The state was showing respect to a religion that hates Christ. Does that make it clear? So in Jesus' time, the Romans had a long-standing tradition at Passover of releasing one prisoner as a gesture to illustrate its respect for the Jewish holiday. So they release a prisoner, the Romans do, every Passover to show respect for the Jews. So that's why we have here, for out of necessity, he must release one unto them at the feast, the feast of Passover. So he was going to release, so that Jesus comes up, he's not guilty, we did all, we charged him, accusations, blah, 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 says nothing, we got to let him go. Well, what happens? And then all these people, they cried out all at once saying, away with this man. No, take him away anyway and release unto us Barabbas. Bar-Abbas, I think is how you say that. Bar-Abbas, Bar-Abbas, okay? Who's Bar-Abbas? Now, we have no idea, okay? There's no, um, actually here, let's do this. The name uh, Bar-Abbas appears nowhere else in the New Testament, nor do any of the Gospels give any information about his previous or subsequent life. No information about this guy whatsoever. The only thing we have about Bar-Abbas is the name. The name of Bar-Abbas, Bar means son, Abbas means father. And so the name may be an Aramaic Patronomic meaning, um, son of the father. Son of the teacher, son of the father. Wait a second. Isn't Jesus the son of the father? And what do we know what son means? Once again, when we look at this as symbolic in poetry, he had the light, this guy Barabbas had the light of the father within him. Okay? And that's so, this is the only thing we know about this guy. Is not mentioned anywhere else in the New Testament. Abba means, uh, Bar Abba literally means son of the father. And he's also called Jesus Barabbas. Okay? Is a figure mentioned in the New Testament in which he is an insurrectionary held by the Roman governor at the same time of Jesus. So this guy, the only thing we know about this guy is his name and that he was an insurrectionist. Okay? Then it says, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. So what the, this is the only other information we have about Barabbas. His name, son of the father, and then he was put in prison for sedition and for murder. Okay, what is sedition? Sedition is overt conduct such as speech and organization that tends toward rebellion against the established order. Sedition often includes subversion of a constitution and incitement of discontent toward or insurrection against established authority. So, 
The only thing we know about this guy is his name was Barabbas. He was the, which means son of the father, and he was an insurrectionist. He he was in jail for sedition and murder. So I guess the question is, you know, I I would say Barabbas was probably the same in the same sort of <laughs> same sort of. Uh, um, situation, if you will, as um, some of these guys in Canada, right? I don't know if you guys knew the Coots blockade. Uh, the Coots arrest uh, prompts deeper looked at the extremist elements of protest. So a bunch of people in Canada protest. They're like, you guys have violated our rights to get together and protest. And you're, uh, you're uh, actually jailing like pastors for preaching during the pandemic. And at, you're you're like you're arresting ex-military people, veterans, and things like that. And as we all know, under false pretenses, anybody that has two brain cells knocking around up in that old noggin, creating a little bit of friction, can see that this is all complete and utter horse apples. So, in other words, they're claiming regular people who are trying to basically just follow God's rights or follow the rights that you know uphold the rights that God has given them. And stand in truth and live in you know natural law. They're like, yeah, you guys are terrorists, insurrectionists. We should probably put you in prison. Do you think that's what was going on with Barabbas? Barabbas here. You think that's what was going on? Because remember, who was putting him in prison? Who was putting him in prison? Who was? He, it's just claimed. It just says he was in prison for murder. Doesn't actually mean that there's lots of people that are in prison for murder that are completely innocent. Just like you just saw, they just tried to put Jesus in prison, even though he didn't do anything wrong. And guess what they still did? They still crucified him, didn't they? Okay. So we have lots of the, the King Herods. These sorts of people, the politicians and things like that, that are running the show, do you think that they actually care about justice and truth? Do you think that they're following God's laws? Do you think they're a bunch of slimy, lying snakes? What do you think was going on back in the day with with Jesus and Barabbas there? Do you think Barabbas was actually trying to overthrow the government and actually committed murder? Probably not. He was the son of a father. He was the light of he was the light of God. And what what do psychopaths want to do? Well, they want to stomp that light out, don't they? Just like they do in our world, don't they? They want to stomp that light out. So why do you think Barabbas, Barabbas there was in prison? Because he was probably like, oh, guys, guys, these people are total psychopaths. They're child murder Guys, they're child murderers and they're denying God's laws and they're, they're stripping us away and they're taxing us to death. We cannot live like this any longer. Put him in prison. He must have the light of the Father within him. It's almost like it's the same things happening today. So then, so all these people, once again, they're crying out. They're like, no, no, put him, this guy. He's just too much light. Put him in prison. Let the other guy go for so you could respect the Jews. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. He's like, guys, I, um, I got to release this guy. But they cried out. They're saying, no, crucify him. Throw him on the cross. Murder him. That's what they were saying. What is, what's going on here? This is uh, the mob rules. If you listen to fools, the mob rules. This is mob rules. What is this? This is a 
It's a Black Sabbath album. It's actually the second album with Ronnie James Dio. Um, Jimmy Appice, I think, was the drummer that replaced um, the, the old drummer. Was it Geezer Butler? Bill Ward? I think Bill Ward was the drummer. Anyway, this is not really a discussion on the discography of Black Sabbath here today. But what I am pointing out is what ended up happening. The mob mentality took over. That's what happened. He went to King Herod, not guilty. Pilate, not guilty. Then he's like about to release him. And the mob's like, no, he's guilty. So I guess there goes the whole system of jurisprudence, huh? I guess all of that fictional stuff that they wrote down that we're sp- that's supposed to uphold our rights, I guess it don't mean jack all, does it? Hmm. Hmm. So uh, mob mentality, also called as herd mentality, describes how humans adopt behaviors, buy merchandise, and follow trends based on their circle of influence. It explains how one's point of view can be easily altered by those around him. Here's the son of God, the light of all lights. He's right before all of these people. And all it, all it took was this dude to stir up the crowd, ask the, the crowd to be stirred up and be like, you know, just have all these falsehoods and thinking that government is God and all this other stuff. No, he's trying to overthrow things. He's a terrorist. This is, um, I mean, they call it mass. You know, I'm not a big fan of this guy, whatever, because he's a, we'll talk about germ theory in just a bit here, but this Robert Malone dude, I'm not zero fan of this guy. I think he's completely full of Nonsense. But um, this the idea still is legit. Mass formation psychosis. Mass formation, you know, basically that the entire population becomes mentally ill. They have their head full of nonsense. <laughs> and then they act on that nonsense. Okay? And that's exactly what's happening to uh, Christ here. The mob rules. Right? Crucify him. Crucify him. Kill him. Okay. And, and he said unto them the third time. So this, he asked three times. He's like, you sure? <laughs> what he's saying, like, why? Why should I kill him? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore, even though I found no cause of death, I'll still chastise him. If he's completely innocent, I'm still going to put you down and then let him go. And they were instant with loud voices. Then the murmuring got louder. Requiring that he might be crucified. No, still kill him. And the voices of them and the chief priests prevailed. The crowd, the mass formation psychosis, the mob rules, the mass formation psychosis took over. Just like it did with COVID. It's like, well, wait a second. Don't, don't I have a right in the workplace not to uh, wear things that could be detrimental to my health? Isn't there all like all these laws? OSHA is a whole part of the government to make sure that I'm protected in the workplace and there's all these things written and I can read it and I can understand it eh, but we have a pandemic now ah, just throw all those things out does it really matter you know why none of this actually matters because the people that are in charge don't actually care about not only the laws that are written down in parchment in little pens and typed out on stuff do you know what they don't care about they specifically don't care about God's laws they want to put it in your head that they don't even exist and have. So he he asked him three times. He's like, hey, the third time. He hasn't done anything. So let him go. Why three times? You guys probably know this. Um, why do police say things three times? In fact, um, Nikola Tesla 
I believe it was Nikola Tesla, liked to do things in threes. Like before he would go into a building and people thought he was all weird and stuff like that. I don't think he was weird at all. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, but he used to like, before he'd go into a building, he'd walk around it three times. As like, it was like a sort of a ritual thing, right? Well, um, why, do, why do the police say three things three times? Convention requires that the word be repeated three times in a row during the initial emergency or declaration. So uh, to prevent it from being mistaken. So they say three times, are you sure? Are you sure? You're sure. Right? And there's there's something within, I believe, common law, too, that actually deals with this this notion, too. Not an expert on that at all. So so the rule of three is a religious tenet held by some Wiccans, neo-pagans, etc., etc. Um, a cultist that states that whenever a person puts out energy into the world, be it positive or negative, doesn't matter what energy you're putting out into the world, um, that will be returned to the person three times. So that's the that's the idea. So here he's asking, you know, the third time. He's like, well, what should we, should we do? Crucify him. Throw him on the cross. Kill him. But he's innocent. I don't care. Okay. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. As the masses required. So the voices of the chief priests prevailed. And he released unto them that were, that for sedition and murder. So they, they released a guy that allegedly was a murderer course was he yeah, we probably probably not i'm i'm assuming that the the justice system back then was just as screwed as it is now and he released unto them that for sedition and murder was cast into prison whom they had desired but he delivered jesus unto their will and we all know what happened at then right we all know what happened now then of course we have the station of the cross he gets put on the cross you know, Calgary, the whole bit. We all know that. And I, I, that's why I didn't really want to cover that today because lots of people are going to be talking about that today. You can go to a, a million other channels and, or whatever, and they're going to be talking about, oh, we're going to celebrate his, his rising today and that sort of thing. And that's exactly what we are rising. But this is why I... I um, <clears throat> this is why I wanted to focus on this today. Because... Jesus saith unto John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you align with truth, no holds bar, just, you know, it's there's there's no um, willy-nilly about this. There's no himmin and hawn about truth. When you align with everything that is true in this world, God's ultimate truth, you are aligning with Christ. You were in that way. You were you were you were you know joining with Christ, okay? And this is what we have going on in our world is that the natural laws, just as you see with Christ, just as you see with Christ, Christ knew he was innocent. Christ knew that it, it, I'm talking to psychopaths here, right? And even the psychopaths wanted to let him go. But at the end of the day, all the laws that were written down, all those things that didn't matter because guess what took over? The mob. The mob took over. The, the people in... Which basically shows that they, at the end of the day, they don't care about the laws that are written down. They don't care about God's laws. They don't care about God's law, golden rule. And they don't really care about the laws that are written down. The laws that are written down are essentially a labyrinth to keep you from understanding God's natural law. The natural laws of this creation have been given to man. And these laws are being thwarted worldwide by the governments. And you see it happening right there. Some, Barabbas is like, ah, the government's corrupt. Throw him in prison. He's a murderer. I think Barabbas is essentially uh, raging dissident, Jerry, Jeremy McKenzie. So um, we have divine rights. And we need to take them back in the name of Christ. And this is why I said, we, we, I called this, um, this Sunday service, leave the lies to die and let truth rise. Leave the lies to die and let 
truth rise? What are we inundated with, just as Jesus was, right? Inundated with lies of all sorts, political lies, the mob is, is lying, they're mass formation, you know, uh, mass formation psychosis, they're all mob, right? This sort of thing. We need to let all of those things, all of those falsehoods, all of those fictions, all of those things in our world die, and we need to let the truth rise and live in that truth and align ourselves with that truth. And we need to do it en masse. So we need to let all of these things that are falsehoods die in this world. And this is why I wanted to focus on the death and resurrection, because this is really what it is. We want to resurrect light and truth in our world and follow it every second of the day, because that leads us to salvation. Now, what are these things in our world that are killing the truth? Well, truth can't die, of course, but you know what I'm saying. In our lives, it's preventing us from being in that way. Well, it's all these things that we've adopted in our world en masse that are fictions, that have nothing to do with what God wants of us, what God made earth for, and how he wants us to treat one another and interact with one another. So I'm saying we let all of those things die. Put it up on a cross and let it die and let truth, let Christ rise. The truth. So what are we going to let die in our world? We already know the corruption of the governments. We're seeing it firsthand what happened to Christ. Those governments are corrupt. Even when they actually follow like, oh, I can't do anything to this guy. He's completely not guilty. Ah, the mob came and said, nah, throw him in anyway. Crucify him anyway. We need to let all these things die. The political divide. Quit saying you're a Democrat or Republican anymore because then you're going to be like, well, do I, am I a King Herod or am I an you know, anti-King Herod? No, you're for Christ. Am I, am I under the jurisdiction of Pontius Pilate or am I under the jurisdiction of this other psychopathic child murderer? Which, which jurisdiction am I in? God's. Neither is the truth. Let these things die, the political divide. You're not a Democrat and you're not a Republican. You're a child of God. Denominationalism. Oh, we got the, the Protestants over here and the Catholics over here and the Southern Baptists over here. And we've got all of these different divisions. Why? The truth is Christ. You're a follower of Christ. Take up your cross and follow him. Do you really need a bunch of terms and different churches to follow the exact same book? Legal fictions. We all know all of these things are fictions. They're literally, they're even defined as fictions. Yet we still follow them. When we follow them en masse, what do we do? We stray away from God's rule, God's commandments. False cosmologies. Let it die. Be done with it. Be done with the stupid ball earth and believing in NASA and having Elon Musk as your idol and icon, let it die. It's false. The pseudosciences of the world are inundated by them. The establishment narrative. Did you hear what's going on with the Russians and the Ukraines and the and this? It's lies. That's not truth. Every time you click, click on the television or the YouTubings and things like that, and you make a, a reference to the lies that are going on, you're stuck in their spellcraft, let it die, kill it off, and let Christ, truth, arise in your life. The legacy media, let it die, turn it off. In the enslavement, all of the things that, that keep us enslaved, unify under God's rule and let it die. The separation, the divide, the disunity, all these things is like, well, I'm not going to listen to this part, blah, 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 blah. All of these things are there to keep God's fellowship apart. Made up laws. Land ownership. This is a good one too. 
If we keep land ownership is a big one. No, you don't own any land. As a guy who owns, who allegedly on paper wrote some stuff down one time, owns an acre and a half up north in the woods here. Do I really own that? No, of course I don't own it. I'm the, I'm the, uh, you know, the caretaker, the steward of that land. But land ownership is insane. God made all the land. You came along and wrote something down that's literally defined as fiction and you claim you own it. No, you don't. God owns everything. God made all the land everywhere. Every bit of land is under his jurisdiction and his ownership. And we, in our possessed states of mind, possessive, possessed, like, that's mine, my land. You don't own anything. You don't even own your body. You know who owns your body? God. You got it on loan. It's temporary. Land ownership. If we keep up the fallacy of land ownership, I guess Bill Gates and BlackRock is going to own God's green earth. Huh? Huh? Licensing. Ego. Let that die. <laughs> Let that die. Look at all these things that keep us out of God's jurisdiction. They keep us in King Herod's jurisdiction. Accepting slavery is a transgression against God's commandments. Accepting this enslaved state that we're in today is a transgression against God, God's commandments. I got. I want to get married. I, I love this woman so much, and I just I want to get married. You got to get a license. You got to go through King Herod. I want to go. Fit. God made the rivers, and um, you know He just said, "Hey, do unto others as you've done to you." That's the only law. Just don't overfish the rivers. Treat other people kindly. Don't pollute the stuff. Blah 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 blah. It's all on you. It's responsibility. And, but before you go fish those rivers, the, the God made the water and the fish in the water and the land which the river flows over. Before you do that, you got to go get a license from King Herod. The king, you got to go get a license um, and permission from the child murderers and the genocidal maniacs. If you got a hunting, if you got, we got to get a license for that. If you want to build something on your own land, which by the way, even if you own land, you don't actually own land because why? If you don't pay your property taxes, then the state will come in and take your land. Wait, what? So I guess you don't own anything anyway, do you? No, not until we go and as I like to say, cut the serpent's head off, metaphorically. If you want to, even though God's like, I made the ground, and and I allowed you to freely travel and go from hither to thither, A to point B, you're free to do so. Not unless you pay the King Herod. You're going to need a license for that. Oh, I'm cold and I want to burn a fire outdoors. You're going to need a burn permit for that. Open a business. You're going to have to ask King Herod first. Sell food. Oh, you're going to need a license from King Herod. You're going to own land. You don't actually own land because you're going to have to pay property taxes. When, you're, when you work, the actual currency, the energy that emanates out of you in order to feed your family, you're going to be taxed for that. Oh, firearms to protect yourself and actually do the hunting. You're going to need an approval for that. All of these things, by the way, save for, save for uh, you know, God's law and everything like that, these things are upheld in, at least us in America, are supposed to be upheld in our Constitution. And guess what? Just like King Herod and just like Pontius Pilate and ultimately just like the crowd, they don't really care. When it comes down to it, they'll violate that stuff because the King Herods of the world don't really even care about that. They don't care about any of this. They don't, they are 
working constantly in defiance of God's law. Somebody asked, natural law is, is, is announced in sentence one of the Declaration of Independence. Sentence one. It says, guess what? God made you. It's all his. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth, the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, comma. We are entitled to all of these things because God commands it. God is the authority he is who authored everything, and that is who we are to follow. And our founding documents in America here, in the good old U.S. of A, are supposed to solidify that. And do you think the King Herods of the world give two shits? They don't. They don't care at all. They'll take the Son of God and throw him on a cross to appease a crowd. So we have to stand up together and let all of this stuff die. The other thing we need to let die is all of these theories that were inundated. Kill them off. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Let them die. Because God is truth. God is a theorem. A provable theorem. That's what we do here. The theory of relativity. It's a theory. Hasn't been proven out in how long? Gravitational theory. Well, I believe in gravity. Oh, do you believe in King Herod's rule too? Theory of evolution, you're a monkey. Germ theory. Anything, any, which by the way, I'm, I'm going to say this. Amanda Volmer just did a fantastic video where she was <laughs> chiding, if you will, the truth community because they were passing around this video about how there's snake venom in the water and stuff like that. And it's all based, every, everything that's being said is based, still based on germ theory. Do you know why you don't even need to watch that video? As Amanda said so brilliantly is because it's all based on nonsense. You can go right to square one and say, well, that's still a theory and it hasn't been proven out in how many years? A hundred plus years? It's a theory. God's a theorem. It's provable. Let it die. Theory of relativity, gravitational theory, theory of evolution, germ theory, conspiracy theories. Quit letting all of these theories run around amok in your head. You don't need them. We can find truth. We can find proof and we can nail it. Not like Christ on the cross, but we can nail it down. Critical race theory, quantum theory, game theory. Let it all die and resurrect and live eternally in the theorems and truth of the Almighty. And you say, well, what happens if we do that? Well, then God, the King Herods or the Pontius Pilots of the world might kill us and throw us on a cross. Oh, well, number one, you're going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. There's that. Number two, what happened to Christ after he was put on that cross? Where are you seeking your reward? Here? You want your reward here? Is that what you want? No. You want your reward there. You work in this life, through, 
faith without works is dead. You, 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 you know, you employ your faith, you employ your works, you employ your hard, your hard work, your righteousness, your virtue, you know, you, you, through repentance of sin, all of those things, you aim towards what? Salvation. King Herod's are always going to be King Herod's. They're always going to do what King Herod's do. Be psychopaths, murderers. But they'll never, ever, it's impossible to stop out, to stomp out the light of Christ. So go forward and shine that light. And don't be scared. And have zero fear. The only thing you should fear is God. That's why it says fear God in the Bible. You know that, right? Why does it say fear God in the Bible? Because it's the only thing you should fear. The only thing you should fear is like, God, did I do, did I do good enough? Was I following your laws? I know it can get a little hairy down here and often in a pickle. But when it came down to it, when I was brought up and there was an army behind a king and he was a psychopath and there was scribes and priests and they're all like, yeah, he's guilty. What did I do? I said nothing because you don't deserve any of it. You don't deserve one syllable from my mouth because I am standing in God's truth. Philippians, I think is how you say this, 2.5. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, comma, which was also in Christ Jesus. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's read this again. Let this mind be in you. The same mind that Christ had, which was also in Jesus Christ. The same mind. You have the same mind. Who, comma, being in the form of God, comma, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I and my Father are one. There's nothing, you're not robbing God of anything by saying, oh, I, I seek equality with God. That's what Christ was doing. And he's saying, let this mind be in you. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant who was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. That's what he did. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Who was he obedient to? God. Not King Herod. Not Pontius Pilate. Not the masses. Not the crowd of people that were completely, you know, deranged. Was he obedient to the Jewish law? No, he went right into the Sabbath and was like, nah, you guys are full of crap. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And what happened after this? Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him <laughs> and given him a name which is above every, every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. He rewarded him. Examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith, this is 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Prove it to yourself. Know ye not your own selves how that Christ is in you? But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, 
Not so that we, we don't do evil so that we can appear like, oh, I'm a good man. Just I want to let everybody know so I have the appearance and I've got the approval from you. No, you do evil because it's, you, you, excuse me, you do not do evil. You rebuke evil. Why? Because God commands it and it's the right thing to do. Not so you can get the pat on the back from your neighbor over here. You can get the red carpet rolled out for you. Look, I'm a special boy. You do it because it's the right thing to do. End of story. That's what Jesus did right on the cross, all the way up to his death. He's like, no, I, I, no. And while he was going to the cross, people were like, I, I didn't read this, but people were weeping for Christ. They're like, oh, oh my God, no, it can't be. And Christ's like, weep for yourselves. It's all good. I know what's up. I know what's up. <clears throat> for we can do nothing. Oh, let me say this. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. The truth is eternal. You can do nothing against it. The only thing you can do is either follow it or not follow it. it says, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. When you, go, when you go to kill off those things, letting those things die, all the falsities, all the fictions, all the nonsense, letting it die, it's going to take strength. It's going to take fortitude. It's going to take willpower. You're going to have to get up on, you know, lift yourself up by your own bootstraps, if you will. Get up and be like, yes, I can do this. I have the sword of strength. I have the sword of the spirit and it gives me strength. It's going to take, it's going to take everything, every ounce of you. But don't worry. Because you're not going to be doing it alone. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. The God of love, when you adhere to God's laws, no matter what happens down here, God is shining on you. He's seeing everything you're doing and be like, nice work. I wanted you to do this. It was a pretty simple task. And you did it, and you even stood up against people who were like, no, you have to do the other thing. Even unto death. Greet one another with an holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. When you go on your journey... To, and, and go out into the world with all this mob people being like, you don't believe in this. and the You think there are this flat. You don't believe in COVID-19. Blah, 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 right? And you're going to have to face all them. Just so you know, you're not going to do it alone. All the saints will be saluting you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost will be with you all. Joseph Campbell said it like this. We have not even to risk the adventure alone. For the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We've only to follow the thread of the hero's path. And where we had thought to find abomination, we shall find a god. And where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world.
So let it all die. Let all those falsities, let all the fictions, don't be afraid. Stand up, speak truth, speak it to the world, and let your light shine before men. Let all that die and resurrect the light of Christ in your life. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light casteth out darkness. Darkness can never cast out darkness. So that's what, that's what I want people to learn this Easter about the death and resurrection of Christ. There's so many things we can take, so many lessons, so many things the, with the symbolism of the death and resurrection and, and you know, once, once again, what's going on astrologically and we could look at the cross, we could throw some gematria at it. Hey, uh, horizontal equals 32 and vertical equals 33. We could do that all day long. But what I wanted everybody, what I wanted to leave people with today was, look, ultimately, what is the death and resurrection all about? It's about letting all of the false fictions of this world die and letting truth rise. And when truth rises in your life, it's the most magical thing in the world. It's changed the entire course of my life. Okay? And never forget, uh, this comes from Ferryman's Toll, <laughs> never forget uh, even Jesus couldn't stand the bankers. <laughs> so all of these people that are the, the new King Herods that are running the world, right? What do you think Jesus would have thought about these banksters and these political elite and these people that think that they can lock you down and strap something across your face and, and taint God's holy blood? What do you think Jesus would have thought about these people? Do you think Jesus would have walked into the uh, World Economic Forum and be like, hey, can I get a glass of soda and can I get a chair up on the stage? No, he would have walked in and probably smacked Klaus Schwab. He would have turned the tables over being like, be done with all of this. That's what he would have done. So now that we know that WWJD, now that we know that what Jesus did, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to follow the way? Are you going to follow that into eternal life? Once again, we don't have to risk this alone. We're never alone. All the saints, God himself is cheering us on. Think about that. Okay. How are we doing? Uh, 49.99. Artie, what does this say? Artie Clafidou? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um... So what we're going to do here is, I think I'm going to start doing this at the end. I'm going to play a song for the outro, and then I'm going to hang on here and see if anybody has any questions or wants to chat or anything like that. 154 people here, I appreciate that. I just want to make sure I missed, if I missed any super chats. But uh, I'm not sure I did. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. All about forgiveness, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive. Um, all right. That's going to do it for me. I hope you guys have a wonderful Easter Sunday. It looks like the sun's actually going to come out. We've had gray days for about freaking chemtrailed skies for weeks now and it's been a freaking nightmare so um let's let the, the light of light the life and light of christ burn away the chemtrails <laughs> right all right uh everybody 
Gnostic Easter Service, Ascension Gate, Gnostic Revelation Mysteries, Gnostic Revelation Mysteries. Amor has uh, a new teaching over on his channel. And I think he's got two videos that he just uploaded. I think both on um, Easter themed. So stop on over to Gnostic Revelation Mysteries and he'll have another teaching and preaching for you. Okay. And so that is going to... Oh, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm going to I'm gonna play an outro song. The outro song is from Greg Arcade. You can go to... It's called I Can See... Love this tune. I just love this tune. Um, and it's I Can See the Lies. It's perfect for this live stream. So if you want a copy of this song, he just released a record called Rolling Thunder. It's about 15 tracks, I want to say. You can get it at gregarcade.com. Gregarcade.com. If you like the last song, new record... Um, listen to Greg's music. I, I really enjoy it. The new record is kick-ass. So uh, if you get a chance, stop on over and show him some love. And I'll be on the line here just to chat a little bit. So if you want to support the ministry, um, you can do that. It's the easiest way to do it is to go to GnosticAcademy.org. GnosticAcademy.org. You can do your monthly tithing, your you know yearly, annual, whatever you want to do. Um, five bucks a month, 14 quarterly, or 54 for the year. I like to keep it nice and cheap. I haven't raised the prices on any of this stuff in years because I know people are financially, you know, struggling and I understand that. And, um, but I do provide a, a heck of a service here. And so I appreciate when everybody does support it. It helps keep the train all rocking and rolling. Okay. All right, guys. Um, May you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. All right, next Sunday, I think I kind of want to go. We, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do. I'm considering going back to Mark chapter 7 because there's some other stuff there I want to cover, maybe continuing on from there. I also want to go back and do Genesis 1-1 or Genesis chapter 1 all again and look at it in a completely different way than we just did. Um, but I also want to let up on some of the heady like math and stuff like that i want you know we'll get into that but i just uh i don't want to inundate people too much i know i know it can be a lot of information so all right that's going to do it for me guys please have a wonderful uh easter sunday enjoy the outro song i'll be on here just chatting a little bit and we're going to enjoy some music okay so that's going to do it for me guys as always many blessings and much love to all let's rock and roll with some greg arcade
shining in with the new day At the end of this long night I can see the light I can see it's been paid off I can see how they lie to my face I can see whatever they are They're no longer welcome in this place I can see that they say one thing Get caught and start to cry Never once have they apologized I can see the lies I can see the lies I can see the way they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can see the sunlight Shining in with the new day At the end of this long Thank you, guys. God bless. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday, and I will see you next Sunday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right. God bless you all.